Welcome to Highly Educated, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sherman. And today we have a special episode for you. We have a local man known by the name of Max Honorkamp. Uh, him and his family have been running the, the illustrious Stephen Talkhouse in Amagansett uh, for over 34 years. Um, obviously, if you're local, you've been to this place. If you're not local, you have probably been to this place uh, in one form or another. And uh, we're bringing him on to talk about a lot of things, Talkhouse included. So uh, without further ado... Hey, Max, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Somehow uh, have some energy after the heart of this crazy summer we're having. Yeah. Um, yeah, happy I can give you a little bit of my time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy as well. Yeah, I know how busy you are, especially right now with some things we're going to get into. Um, but really, uh, thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, congratulations on the, the launch of the new, the new uh, line, the new brand. Yeah, it's getting there. Getting um, it's close. By the time anyone hears this, they'll probably be drinking it, hopefully. So, you know, I've started working there when I was 12, cutting fruit, lugging buckets of ice, uh, setting up and like kind of having no idea what happened at night. Just like I do all this cut mountains of limes and like my family runs a, a bar and, and I'm cut and I'm just helping them, helping them out today. Yeah. And I'd come in, see the aftermath of the party, all these beer bottles everywhere, this Lake Talk House in the middle of the dance floor. Not sure what happened, but knew something interesting happened. And then it was kind of like a magical, like, what what goes on? Why why am I doing this? And then I'd see, like, the bartenders come in, like EJ and Larry and Phil, and they'd be coming in at 6. And I'd be going home, and I just had no idea. And then slowly, as I got a little older and able to be there at night around 18, um, got to bar back, um, do pretty much everything. Pretty much, I'm pretty much done everything there except do sound. Little, um, I try. I'm learning a couple. Have you things. drunk? Like tried to push Mike out of the way and like <sighs> tried to do songs or sound. I'm sure no. that's happened. I mean, yeah. like once I kind of get the soundboard to a degree, but I feel like we have good guys, so I don't need to <laughs> worry about that. You don't need that. to take on another hat. In so you've done everything in the line. Yeah. You've obviously been there since 12. Now, for those who are listening who, let's say you're not from the Hamptons, um, the Hamptons, by the way, meaning the east end of Long Island on the South Fork. Uh, I know I'm going to have some global listeners here, and I just want to make sure we understand where that is geographically. Um, so, yeah, the Stephen Talkhouse, uh, I talked about it on a previous episode with a legendary bartender from there, EJ. Um, is a legendary music place. It's been there, you know, three decades um, they've brought in acts, you know, as small as, you know, local guy with guitar and they've brought in acts as big as Coldplay. So, you know, there's, there's been a, a, a very diverse, uh, group of musicians and throughout the years through that place. And I think, uh, you know, people should understand that this is, this is the bar when you come out to the Hamptons and you want to listen to local music or live music or have a great time on a weekend, you know, everybody has been in and out of this place. I don't care what celebrity you are. I don't care what, you know, how much money you have. You've been in and out of this place once, twice, if not a handful of times. And that's why they keep coming is because it doesn't really matter who you are. There's so many places in the Hamptons where, you know, your looks, your checkbook, uh, bank account matters um, more than anything else. And that, you know, and to a degree that's, makes sense, but uh, we've kind of prided ourselves on being that kind of place that kind of flirts with both, able to still have locals in, the rich and famous, uh, everybody, and I think that's what they're attracted to is it's like you can't buy your way in more or less. You can, it's just come, you know, be, everyone's invited. Yeah, we have a high cover on weekends um, because we're a business. We're basically open, have that crazy line and crowd 33 nights a year. I once broke it down where, you know, it's basically a hundred hours <laughs> where we're kind of cranking like that. And, uh, you know, we kind of have to make the most of it, um, to get through the year. Cause you come January, you know, it's, uh, it's desolate out here. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a part of you know, people get scared, but it's like, okay, dude, then come on a Sunday when you can chill or come on a Tuesday when it's also chill or a Wednesday when it's also chill. Like you don't, 
it's honestly sometimes better not to go on a weekend when it's like a sweaty shit house at two in the morning with uh, 300 people in there with, with, you know, spilling drinks on you and stuff. Sometimes it's way fun to just go in there on like a Sunday and vibe out or like a Tuesday and grab a drink or a whatever. You know, I think if, you, if you're going, maybe you're going on the wrong night if you feel like but, you're not getting in, you know? I mean, potentially, but also then you look at, you know, we're still charging these, you know, something I personally, if I was going out, I'm not going to that place. It just, it's not me. Um, but you come, drove by 4th of July weekend, you know, the line, we had to stop letting people in because it was too crowded on the street. We had to disperse. We weren't shut down, but we had to disperse people because it was kind of scary on the street. So if you charge a $20, just imagine, you know, that line might go to Montauk at that point. So, <laughs> you know, so it's like you kind of have to do it to just because the demand's there for whatever reason. Um, you have to follow the demand and nobody can get mad at you guys as a business for making uh, money, especially I mean, after a year of being shut down, making right. no money. So that's yeah. like, I think that's a big point that people, you know, especially locals. So I don't know, the locals listening, you know, understand that this was a bar that's been in our lives forever um, and is always taking care of us and being shut down for a year, them not gaining that business, you know, you shouldn't be going up there this year asking for free tickets and asking for handouts and asking for this or doing that. I mean, I don't think that's any place though. Just <laughs> any place in the in that in, in our industry. But just support you know? the business, especially yeah. after the year. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, after that year, right? You should be supporting things. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be like a lack of. Yeah, and once we kind of get back into you know a normal swing of things, uh, there, that you know we've always been very giving, not just with you know to the local community, but also charity events and stuff, but, you know, kind of squeezing a normal summer into a few or normal, like two years of demand into two months. And then we'll see what happens in the fall. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's just been crazy the past few months. Um, cause trying to open with the rules changing every day and changing back forth, whatever. Um, but when did you guys I, officially get that green light when you were like, Guys, you're good to go, full open. And what was that moment like between you yeah, and I between mean, you and like your family and the owners and the and the like the whole thing? Like when was the? Yeah, I mean, like all of COVID, like we, you know, I think we did a post a week before lockdown. We're like, oh, we're gonna close for two weeks and you know do everything right, get get cleanings, you know, hand sanitizer stuff, everything, because no one knew what was going on. This is crazy. Um, and then two weeks come by and we're like, oh, maybe it's going to be two months, but we opened Memorial and it kept getting pushed, pushed, pushed. Finally, you get the news of the vaccine. So there's some hope, um, see the progress. Um, and then around April, we were allowed to do music again, but you know, with social distancing and our wide, it was the table thing. Yeah. You had this be seated, but like the problem with the talk house is, or which it makes it great for when things aren't restricted is it's, you know, a long wide room where, you know, you have a bigger stage for that kind of space. So, but it's long and wide. So to do social distancing with the tables, this, you know, whatever, you could really only fit 40 people or so. Um, Which isn't going to pay with, for that act. <laughs> yeah. With a, uh, with a decent view. Um, you know, we did it. So we did it. So we're basically those acts got most of the door just because we knew they were out of work. We'd get some money from the bar and we wouldn't be making money, but it was at least like for our soul, good to be open. Um, and then probably around end of April, it seemed like things were going to turn uh, quicker than we expected. So we had to start pivoting. And then um, we were allowed, I think May 21st was the first night we were allowed to actually have a dance floor again. What was we, that night like? Was it crazy? Was like, it was strange. Was it? it was like so because we actually had already booked the first show as social distance and then we could only have a dance floor if you prove vaccination and it was like <laughs> we already had asked these people so we didn't want to say bounce hey each dance floor entry right yeah. checking vaccination cards yeah that was it was terrible but you know but it's not not terrible because i you know it's we had to do it and i i completely get it it was especially at that time like it was just you know terrible in the sense that People were trying to do fakes and this all and that. And like people, people are, were actually faking the vaccine. I thought that was like a rumor. Well, like, they take like a picture and they can edit it or they, um, Oh, right. Like here's my there, friend's there were, vaccination I did hear card or stuff. Yeah. You know, but then like you get up there and then there's people like, um, telling you, 
you know, that you're a Nazi or you're a fascist or you're this and that. And it's like, you know, we're just doing what we're supposed to do and trying to keep people safe, you know? And yeah, yeah. I couldn't even imagine, you know, dealing with all the people, uh, you know, obviously I was running the restaurants at that time too. So I can get a little bit of what you're talking about in terms of unruly, you know, regular people and they didn't understand things. And, you know, it's, it's been madness for the year, but you know, for the most part, we, we got through it. And, and now that you guys are back open, you know, it's uh, rocking and rolling. What can you remember? I feel like I need to ask you as a person that's, you know, grown up into the business and I'm sure you've got tons of stories throughout the years, but is there anything that strikes you ultra memorably um, that you could kind of rattle off your head? That's been a great story. You can always kind of remember. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I will say one of the sound guys, uh, actually one of the original, uh, Drew, they call him the sound guy. He put it a good way. Like you, we have all these memories and they're kind of blend together because so many happen on a given night. So you can't really just instantly recall because you don't have it, but you kind of need a hook to grab it. And someone's like, Oh, this night when this happened and then you could almost recite it perfectly. Like this happened, this happened, this, this happened. I, I don't know to go quick. I guess one of my fa- first Memories of Talk House was I was, I was probably six, and VH1 uh, songwriters had Sting perform there. Um, I didn't really know who Sting was, but... Um, You're six, that's understandable. But I was six, and I remember I had to sit behind the bar because it was packed, and they had this, like, if, you, if you've been to the Talk House, the alleyway between the bar and that, like, buffer to the dance floor was the track where the camera would go. So, and then everyone was sitting on the dance, where the seats were on the dance floor, and I was sitting behind the bar, had like three inches, and I'm like six. So real, it was like no, I barely could sit on this little <laughs> thing trying to watch this so, show as uncomfortable. But, I, you know, it was kind of, you know, he's just such a good performer. He had me at six, and I was like, I love this guy. So, um, Wow, and you can like vividly remember how he sang and like the yeah, melodies. Yeah, I, I and remember stuff. Uh, my wow. favorite songs were Roxanne and Message in a Bottle which happened to be his, some of his hits, but I kind of, I can still kind of see those moments in my head. Um, That's so crazy. From way back then. And at the end of the show, I'm in the back parking lot. And my mom's like, go run up to that guy and say, you're Peter's son. And, you know, I just like did it. And um, I come back and he's like, do you know that was? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, it was Billy Joel. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. And I was like, who's Billy Joel? <laughs> you know, like I didn't know who he was, you know, I'm six, but it seemed like he, oh, was, he was there the same night. Yeah, of course. He was in town a lot more then. And obviously, you know, when we have those big shows, if someone's in town, they're going to try and come um, if they can. Right. Chad Smith always rolls up when good people are there. Yeah. I mean, to a, you know, to a degree, obviously the talk house, um, you know, there's no like real VIP area. So we're not going to get certain people there because they kind of. Need their own blue Skittles and their fucking... Well, not even that. They just don't want to... They want to have a place to escape, you know? Like, there's not really a... I kind of know the places the to escape. Yeah, but then you can't see the show. You right. know, I kind of had like a... Is a future talk house renovation maybe to ceiling out a glass ceiling for the green room yeah, so you the can two, see underneath? The two mental masturbations that people have about the talk house is <laughs> ripping out the, da- the, the ceiling above the dance floor on the stage... Uh, making the upstairs like a VIP room balcony, like you see at, you know, tons of clubs. Like, um, go to Webster Hall or Bowery Ballroom. There's an upstairs area that you can kind of make a VIP access. My other idea would be to buy the building next to us, which, um, you know, it's not really feasible, but and then make that more the green room. Maybe even do a recording studio there, and then uh, have like a kind of a secret walkway between the buildings, so someone can pop in and no one really knows they're there and pop back out if they uh, feel uncomfortable. But that's way down the line. If that ever even exists, it's more just for fun. You know, I think those are great ideas to entertain and duly. I think they're great ideas. So I think, I think that something like that would be amazing. And when you're talking about the store, just to clarify here, you're talking about the um, store that's to the right hand side. If you're staring at the one behind the stage, I mean, I'm not saying take away that business. They're, they're great, but um, it's more just like... No, oh, down the road someday, you know, if, if that available. would be a cool addition. If that was available and the, some real estate guy was like, hey, Max, and if this we great were, deal for yeah, you. Yeah, it'd have to be a great deal because, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's Main only going to come to the price tag of $42 million and 12 cents. Can yeah. you sign here, please? Um, 
And then I, I guess another good one uh, in more recent memory was because um, I guess to do a little bit more info about myself is I've kind of grown up in it and, you know, we've had, I've seen everything and I'm now slowly getting more comfortable in my role in terms of bringing new music in. You know, we always have a, you know, a schedule that has great acts that a lot of people want to see, but, and these acts sell out every year after year after year, but you know, the, the schedule is getting a little repetitive. So trying to find, you know, the next wave of bands, you know, like in 2019, we had a band called the black Pumas played for like 20 bucks <sighs> and great. The singer actually ended up, uh, uh, they needed a place to stay and they ended up staying at my house. Um, um, the singer and the backup singers in the two rooms upstairs, I was Airbnb being the downstairs rooms and it was just kind of cr- crazy that I, I like just had these people stay. They left in the morning, didn't see them, but I wanted to start doing that when I got my place in 2019, um, because I'd wake up as a kid at four years old, you know, wanting to play Nintendo and I'd go into the living room and I'd see 12 like guys that played the bar the night before sprawled out all on the couches on the floor and everything. And I just wanted to play Nintendo and I'm just staring at these (laughs) men who probably went to bed two hours ago. Like, what are you guys doing here? Um, but yeah, I think that's crazy. Yeah. My, my favorite story was kind of cool. Um, guys, Favorite story. <laughs> um, in recent memory, um, I, there's this band from uh, Colombia called Monsieur Perrine. If you don't know them, you should listen to them. They're great. Um, you know, it's not going to be for everyone, but because um, they don't, you know, obviously sing in Spanish. Uh, I think they also sp- sing a little bit in French too. Um, great pop Colombian band, massive down there. Um, I booked them um, on the sense like, oh, they're great, but I don't know if everyone's anyone's going to come because the problem with out here is like everyone thinks, oh, you get all these acts, whoever's playing the city, they're great, they're great. Okay, 10 people out here like it, um, and yet it's popular in the summer. It's like, you know, cell service now is crazy, but compared to the demographic you have in Manhattan to come see a show, it's like there's 8 million people versus whatever, even... I don't even. I've, I'd like to know how many people are actually in the summer, but it's nowhere. It's near like one hundred fifty thousand, I think, something roughly. If, if it's like it is one hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah, so I think, even roughly. if that's like roughly, that's, between the whole Hamptons and everything, like all of it, like the whole it, thing. Right, and so Manhattan's eight million, but then like I'd go to see a show, in the, so it's like it's really like probably twenty million in that radius. So to come all the way out to us, it's tough. So oh, yeah, this band, no one knows them. How do we get them to go? It was selling poorly end up like figuring out ways to get it through social media, word of mouth, getting all my friends to come and it ended up selling decent. But the story is that, you know, the singer of the band's very pretty. Um, and you know, she did her set, one of the great, you know, awesome show. And I'm kind of hitting it off with her at the end of the show, which is, you know, I doesn't really happen with the talent, you know, and it's just kind of keep that separate. Um, most of the times even, even if there's an interest or whatever, but hitting it off, she ends up inviting me on the tour bus, but the tour bus started pulling out. I'm like, Oh, guess that was like kind of a lost cause, whatever, go to bed was fun night. But, um, in the morning I wake up and my, I'm doing like this baseball trip thing where I try to go all the stadiums and my friend bartender there, James was like, Oh, I'm going to be in Atlanta on Wednesday for the game. You should fly down because they're playing band monster perini is playing in atlanta i'm like eh, whatever i just bought my house i had no money i'm like gotta think keep things tight wake up go to the club in the morning there's a bag that the band left and they needed it so i was we're gonna mail it to them but i looked at the cost of mailing it versus the cost of flying down there on like frontier airlines it was like 20 bucks more to fl- to fly so I flew down there. <laughs> you flew down with I the band's bag. That flew they down with the band's bag. It had a banana. I ate the banana, so um, <laughs> on the way in. And I would get there, and, you know, I'm in the middle of Atlanta with their bag trying to find them, doing WhatsApp. I get out, like, the weird part of Atlanta. I saw one guy, like, um, 
you know, in a poncho talking to a sock. I'm in this like kind of sketchy area of the and place. And you're like, welcome to Atlanta. At least that place. I mean, Atlanta's nice, uh, definitely um, emerging tech hub, but like that one area is rough. Like this concert place they're playing was called Masquerade and had three levels of uh, concerts. It was like hell, purgatory, and heaven. Um, like literally name that? Those were the stage's names, yeah. Uh, it's still around, um, I think. I'm, I'm <laughs> assuming during COVID it's still... Uh, managed to get through, but I'll have to check that. But it was so hard to find because around it looked like this abandoned, um, like, shopping center. And eventually I find it, meet up with the band, give them their bag. They're like, oh, yeah, come back for a show. I end up going to the baseball game. Got, like, three, four innings with uh, James. I had the best peach I've ever had there. Um, Drove back, hung out with the band, watched the show, hung out after not sure where I'm going to stay. And they say, Oh, come on the bus. So I sleep on the bus and you know, I don't know if you know tour buses, like it's basically you walk in, there's a little room and there's a back room in the middle. There's all these bunks and you're basically sleeping in a, you know, more or less a coffin. Like it's, you know, (laughs) you could basically touch the top with your nose. So musicians don't live the most glamorous of a lifestyle. But if you're going to go together, you know, it's cost effective, you know, go to war together, go to war together, you know, fighting for showers and all that stuff. Um, Can't go number two on the tour bus. It's a, that's the golden rule, guys, golden of the rule. tour bus. Can't do that. You um, never go number two on the tour bus. Yeah. Some rough... Uh, keep that shit at the 7-Eleven or the Speedway. Yeah, and some you know, rough trucker stops on the way. It's rough from what they've said. But So you wake up. So wake up in bus. Nashville, hang out all day, have a great time. You know, we're still friendly. Oh, wait, you woke up in Nashville. Woke up in Nashville. So they like play, they, they drove playing, overnight. They were playing the Bonnaroo. They were playing Bonnaroo. <laughs> So I'm in Nashville walking around with her, having a good time. We're, we're still talking now and then. Um, but then, like, you know, as I said, I didn't really have a high budget, so I booked just a flight back from Atlanta. So I ended up booking, like, a midnight Greyhound um, back. And I hadn't showered in two days. I was rough. The bus was the worst-smelling bus back. But somehow I made it back to Atlanta, back to work Thursday. And that was... uh. You know, oh, the one part I did miss is when one time when we went out to like grab coffee or something, um, we're just in a random cafe in Atlanta and we're just talking and her song came on the radio. We we're in a, it was a Spanish deli, but it was like it was pretty awesome to like be in like I like I don't know what that feeling would be like to hear yourself on the radio, you know, on yourself in a cafe, like yeah. in the middle of some place like in Atlanta, Colombian band, you know, right. Yeah, that's that's fucking surreal. So that that was my, I like that story. I mean, it was fun. Like, it's there's sometimes those moments come, and you know you have to do it. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Yo, I've I've been there. I've been at those crossroads. Yeah. You gotta you gotta take the, the path less traveled on that. You can always find time to sleep. Um, maybe not this summer, but um, you can find time to sleep normally. So, <laughs> you gotta do this what? stuff. Why not rage? Yeah. No, that that's amazing. Um. That's and 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 you said you guys stay stay in touch still. You guys are still. Yeah, friends. I mean, not super recently, but over the pandemic. I mean, you know, it got to a point I think with everyone where it's like, how many times can you check up with the same person? Be like, hey, how's things going? It's like, yeah, I haven't done anything. Things you are know? going good. I'm working. I'm saving or money. I'm doing what are nothing. You doing? I'm working. I'm saving money. What are you doing? I'm yeah. working. I'm saving money. Well, talk to musicians. It's like, yeah, kind of. I'm not playing. I'm at home doing that. You know, I think people got things different things out of this, but. Yeah, if you're not doing something, it's tough. So, so wait, so segue into that, not to get like corona, uh, 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 you know, corona conversation, but you know, talking about, did you do you remember speaking to musicians and them feeling kind of frantic during this time? Like, do you remember having conversations with people? Because obviously, you're the guy booking, so you're having a lot of conversation with these people or their managers, agents, etc. Yeah, I'm curious if you're asking like maybe, you know, what they're like coming back because we probably had. 15 different people like this is our first show in 18 months and they're nervous bands bands yeah, that's their first show at was at the talk house because wow. i think we were able to kind of take some chances and put things together before everyone else was willing to um and yeah like people would come like i'm nervous like you know one guy like uh his first show he like forgot like a song and he stopped he's like i've played that song like two thousand times 
I wrote it. How did I forget the lyrics? And it's probably just because, you it's know, it's like. It's just not playing. You skip that step for a couple yeah. of times and you're you're eventually playing catch up. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I think everyone's got it. But like, we kind of, what, what, what I say to everyone is like, we're nervous in the audience, you know. We just haven't done it in a while. Like, we're all ready, but, you know, and it seems like yesterday because not much has happened. But at the same time, it's like, it was a year of, like, disruption. So getting back into that swing is, like, a little, it's going to be jarring. And to even if you don't feel like it at first, there is, like, a jarringness to it because we are so. Oh, there's an anxiety to it. I yeah. went back the other day for the first time. My first time at TalkHouse since. I don't know, whenever the last time you guys closed up shop for when, or, or, you know, when you guys came back, I never went, but like in the early stage when you guys were doing like the outdoor thing, I just never made it there. And when you guys really, I mean, that was my first time back in, in so long. So I can relate to that directly. I mean, that's, yeah. and it felt weird going in and, and be like, wow, this is a lot of people and I'm vaccinated. And I, and I still felt kind of un, uncomfortable at first, but then obviously the beer hits you and the, the drinks hit you. And then you're like, all right, this is all right. We're back. It's summer, baby. This is it. We're, so it's, you know, this is it. You, you, you dip back into the pool, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it wears on, off. If you haven't gone on a bicycle in 15 years, you might be like, oh, it's, can I still do it? But yeah, after a while, it's like, oh yeah. It's Guys, you can still go to Talk House and drink as much Malagro as you want. Soon to be Encore. Soon to be Encore. Wow. Yeah. Encore. What is Encore, Max? Uh, encore is a Talk House inspired canned cocktail. It was uh, an idea um, came up with uh, my sister, um, over the pandemic, she, you know, trying to figure out what's going on in her life. Everyone's kind of think in, contemplating a lot. You know, there wasn't a lot of time to do that. And, you know, we've had a successful bar for a long time. A lot of people know it. But we've never really gone past that. You know, there was a bar in the city for a year in the early 90s and same in a few years in Miami. But, you know, we sell some T-shirts, but, you know, not to any extravagant degree and she was like oh let's do something and you know she was thinking maybe we do a spirit like a bottle of tequila or a bottle of vodka and it seems like that's already inundated you already have the the market's already you know george clooney's got one ryan reynolds got one the rocks got one lebron's got you know you can just go down the list like people have done it before aaron paul have dos hombres right there's everything there's kardashians whatever um it just was like you know maybe but i feel like by the time we get it going. And also I think you, unless it was like a vodka and you could say it's like potato vodka from out here, it's like doing a tequila from here. It's like, it's right, right, right. So you guys came up with the, so my, a buddy of mine named Eric, uh, and you know, introduced me to high noons and you know, I'd never really gotten to the white claw stuff. Uh, I just didn't like the malt flavor. Um, for that stuff. It just didn't hit. I'd rather do a beer if I'm drinking that stuff. Um, right. Just didn't like the taste. Um, but high noons, I was like, wow, these are pretty good. Um, and he said to me, he's like, yeah, if I could invest in this project or invest in this, uh, product, I would, I just don't know how, who owns it, this or that. And it kind of stuck with me and I look at it, you know, it's doing well. It's the first one to kind of charge out and make a big splash in this. And, I kind of thought to myself, it's like, it's kind of, you know, it's cool, but it doesn't have much behind it. There's no like heart or feeling behind that. So if we could, uh, put our brand to that, to kind of, um, give a product in this space, an identity, maybe there's, you know, something there. So that's where I suggested we go. And my sister kind of took it and, you know, made something that would probably take two years will be done in under a year should be, you know, this is, uh, talking minutes away from existing. So by the time you hear this, as I said, you know, I think you'll be drinking it hopefully, but, um, yeah, I mean the logo came out great and I'm a terrible salesman. I wouldn't, that's not my job part of this. Like I'm pretty straight shooter. And if it was decent, I'd say, yeah, it's a first run. We, you know, we can tweak some things. If it was good, I'd say it's good it's the best one I've tasted and I'm not, it's just, it, it's, it's really good. It, Guys, you're hearing this, you're hearing this here first from the man, from the, from the creator. You're hearing it here first. It is the best 
that you've tasted. It's going <laughs> to be thought, better than there Hainu. might be a better one. No, I'll be honest. I've tasted a lot of them, and I got a sample run of some of yours. Thank yeah. from your mother. Thank you, Marcy. Yeah. Um, and they were delicious. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. They and taste I, clean. And I would, yeah, you know. clean. That's what it was. I had yeah. the Paloma. Or whatever, grapefruit. Right, the yeah. grapefruit, right. The What would be a Paloma, I guess, in a bar yeah. um, is amazing. The yeah. grapefruit, uh, oh, it was so good. Yeah. And uh, I had the cranberry vodka one. Right. Also delicious. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was very, that was, you know, there was a chance with every all the other factors hitting, but if we nailed the taste, I was like, wow, we could be onto something cool. Um, and so the identity behind it, so the branding, obviously, like you're bringing this from the love of the talk house and... Obviously, Ruby, your sister, is 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 a, a sm- very smart person, and and you know, like you said, put this together, you know, yeah, lightning fast comparatively. You know, it's and uh, I think that you guys together make a great team to kind of yeah. really make this thing pop. And I think it has some real curb appeal. And I think I think people are going to find the design is beautiful. The yeah. the can I like the tall can, like the sleek can. I love the, um, you know, like you said, the story behind it. So if you could dive into that a little bit, I guess. Yeah, and then also we have a, uh, you know, Nick Kraus who's going to be a part of it as well, helping Nick us, Krause. helping us get it out there. He'll be um, on the podcast eventually. I was just asking about it in terms of, uh, you know, entry date. Like, what is the point of entry for somebody that doesn't know Encore? Like, what is it? Is, are you, they going to see it in a liquor store and try to buy right. it? Or is it going to be marketed through the bar? How are you guys attacking this on that level? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be sold at the bar. That'll be the hot spot um, of it. Um, you can't be in a grocery store or convenience store because it's uh, liquor. Um, you can be in liquor stores, other bars. and So, guys, this is not malt liquor. Sorry to throw yeah. you off. But, guys, <laughs> this is not a malt liquor beverage. This is real alcohol in the in the can. Right. Um, two are vodkas, a vodka cranberry soda and a vodka lime soda. Then there's a tequila orange, a blood orange soda and a tequila grapefruit soda. Um, I mean, yeah, there'll be a, you know, probably the first year it's going to be limited, you know, just to come up with this idea, have enough money to put something together before you really knew, you know, spent, there was a chance maybe we spent this money, you put in a can and it tastes funky. You don't have all this can, all this product that you, you have all this product you have to sell throw out. And the people right. that do try it are like, Oh, this sucks. Um, so we were a little, little cautious in that sense. Um, but with the, you know, you know, knowing that we can figure out a way if we have to pivot to expand the run. So, Initially, probably this summer, you'll get at Talk House, um, some local liquor stores, other places in Amagansett, a few other places. Um, eventually, want to get in as you know anywhere that'll have us. Um, probably a lot of private events, um, you know, friends of ours throwing parties, weddings, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, by this by the fall, we'll have a big run. Hopefully, expand to Manhattan a bit, and you know see what happens. You know, we kind of have a luxury that, you know, if, of a safe safety net being that we could keep selling at the talk house as the exclusive seltzer. Um, right. And, and, and do you think people are going to steer away from the casual cocktail to go to that? Do you find that the drive will be there? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, you know, it was clearly there's a can shortage last year. Um, cause there, no one was going to bars. So what's, the future of this in a bar. And I think, you know, when you carry around a plastic cup versus a can, it spills more. Um, and especially you know, at the talk house, yeah, when you're navigating the through house, bodies the and all that right. stuff, you're navigating through a very small, small space. You need, you know, everybody at the talk house, if you've been there on a Saturday night, you've had at least, I don't know, 10 drinks poured on your, or splashed on your shoulder yeah. or leg or, something so can is definitely the way to go there that might happen still but it'll be a little it's a smaller (laughs) hole so smaller hole less spillage i like the idea already in that sense um so i think it's convenient um in that sense and it's just you know it's also if you want to get environmentally the aluminum versus the plastic cups um yeah just i'm i'm curious it seems like seltzer because we had you know before we had it we've been carrying like a bud light seltzer and people are drinking it so yeah. Um, it is translating to the bars. Oh, the, the demographics are shifting. If you look at the Nielsen reports on on seltzers and canned beverages and things like that in that space, I mean, it's it's erupting. I mean, they're taking over beer every summer, yeah. giving a lashing to beer companies. I mean, it's embarrassing, like the numbers that 
Amheuser-Busch puts out for like Budweiser and then the numbers it puts out for its seltzer right now right. and they just launched it, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. The numbers are r- ridiculous. Yeah, and then, you know, so that's a, it's exciting. I mean, um, you know, maybe I don't sound it. I'm pretty tired, but... Uh, <laughs> We've well, no, given a long month. Guys, just so doesn't you know, seem Max r- yeah. sparked this off with July 4th weekend we were going to do this podcast. And I'm sitting there in my head, like, not even realizing what the date was. And I was like, wow, I, I really am trying to get this guy in here after probably the busiest weekend of summer yeah, after a shit house, And I couldn't imagine the energy level. Yeah. Um, so still recovering a bit. Um, you know, this is more my demeanor, I guess, but no, my sister's crushing it. Um, I expect her to kind of be the champion of this and helping her along the way, but still, you know, my, my, uh, heart and everything's still with the curation the, of the music. Well, that uh, that'll be part of that too, but I'm saying it's it, of the Stephen Talkhouse because there is a differentiation with these products where this is going to be the Stephen Talkhouse and adapting the word Talkhouse, which most people drop the Stephen when they talk about it. You know, that's everything gets abbreviated these days, but you know that's where I'm still going to have my focus on making sure the the bar is just is uh, going it's, well. You know, people have always come up to us being like, oh, you got to do like a reality TV show. It's so crazy. You have all these characters. And um, I think you do that. And, you know, Phil's like, or the equivalent of like, you know. Uh, <laughs> Guys, Phil your, Vega. Pick, pick your uh, Jersey pick Shore your, character. Pick your character, Phil Vega. And it's kind of, um, whether he liked it or not, I don't know. Um, but then if that were to happen, then our back bar is a gift shop and you know, then, you know, it just wouldn't. Right. You can't, you can't No. So yeah. Encore, encore, uh, by, by talk house. I think that's the, that's the, the new drink for the summer. Grab yourself a can. Um, you'll see me there a few nights a week drinking cans of it. So follow my lead people. Uh, wish you luck with it. And I, and I hope it, I hope it crushes through. I think it will. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk back uh, about your your curation of of bands at the Talkhouse. I feel like you're you you know that's something you said you were very happy to take on because you noticed that there was kind of this not it's not stale you know but it's once you have the same artists for years and years and years you want to throw some new guys in the mix you want to see who sticks who you know maybe there's a new band or a new sound that you could introduce the town to and then they're going to become fans. Now, do you feel like when you bring on these talent or this, this these acts? Um, that you have kind of this responsibility for the town to be like, hey, I'm I'm going to curate this beautiful act and try to convince all these townspeople to show up and see this act. Like, obviously, they have to be good enough for all of us, you know. Right. Like, that's the mentality, right? Yeah. So, how do you how do you get behind the selection of curating bands, and how, how does that process work? Yeah, and I'll put a note not to to defend my dad or whoever um, that it's not stale if it's selling out. I mean, still people want to see that act um, regardless. Um, but the next, what I'm looking for is to pick, you know, a few, a few a year to, and I have to develop, um, a reputation, which in some friends that I've convinced to come to these shows, know if I say, come to the show, they're going to come to the show. Um, but to convince that to everybody, you have to have that reputation of like, oh, this is a talk house, um, you know, spotlight show, which. You know, I was working on developing that type of idea um, during COVID or before COVID for 2020. And obviously that got disrupted, which, you know, I finally felt, you know, years past different reasons, um, you know, not, uh, you know, as, as I was alluding to before, it's it's a lucrative business from the eyes of people when they're out here. But where is everybody November to April? You know, they're, they're not here. So it's like, it's still a building from 1832. We have fifth, uh, more or less 50 people that work there. Um, and you know, it's, it's accrues a lot of expenses. So when you go into the summer, you don't want to really take chances on shows that no one knows. Cause if you spend $5,000 and 20 people come, you're losing money. And if you do that, even if it's the best show of the summer, you, it's hard to make those mistakes. Um, but now I feel like I'm developing a little bit of, okay, you guys can come and, and also willing to take that chance of being like, okay, this is going to be a great show. Even if 10 people come, everyone's going to talk about it around town. It's going to spread like wildfire. Like that was the best show. If they come back, 
those 10 people are bringing 10 people, you know, and it just will expand right. from it that. It becomes like this local viral thing. Right. right. And that's it's just what you need. I mean, you know, I think what people, the safest bets are the locals that have, uh, you know, a big following out here and the names, you know. People know um, Lucas Nelson, Marcus King, when they want to come, they will come to those shows because everyone knows them. But trying to find, you know, like we had a band 4th of July, which is a tough date to book them. This uh, British couple that lives in Nashville that kind of have like a bluesy, an eerie bluesy sound is how I describe it. And But they're brilliant and, you know, bands like that that people might not know, but trying to find those to come. Right. You're trying to find the hidden the hidden gems for out here. You're trying to bring them out to expose. I mean, it, you know, it's a big responsibility too because when you bring on, you know, an act and, you know, people catch on to it, that's great. Then now they're like, they're listening to bands now because of something they heard locally. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen bands at Talk House that I didn't know before just because I caught it on a good night. Yeah. And then I'm like, damn, who are these guys? And then I'll like go check out or buy a CD or I'll go look them up or whatever, you know, buy a CD maybe 10 yeah. years ago. But, you know, might even buy a vinyl now. That's more, more trendy. <laughs> oh, it's, it's back. How great is vinyl, huh? Uh, it's, yeah. it's back. I, I usually try to buy one, um, a vinyl from someone that plays there. But yeah, this summer was a challenge um, because coming out of COVID, obviously in a tough financial spot, you know, had to kind of do a d- thing, different things to even get by. Um, now we've, you know, had a roaring recovery the past few weeks. Um, so we're kind of in a position to book dates, but those, a lot of the bands didn't start touring, aren't starting their tours till the fall because, you know, you rent a tour bus and then you, you know, the tours goes great, you know, through Vermont, uh, Massachusetts, New York, and then it goes to, you know, Missouri or something and you got to shut it down for, you know, if that were to happen. So it's, but then you shut it down, you still paid the tour bus, you paid all these fees, and you're losing money. So it's hard for these bands to commit to lock in a tour. Until when they, every state has their own regulations or yeah. things or all this crap it's, about COVID. Right. Yeah, until so they knew. And, like, yeah, even before that, even though the southern states were open, up here still restrictions, so what are we going to be able to do? So they didn't want to do it until they felt like, okay, the fall is going to be good. That's when we can right. start. You don't want to half-ass something or have to be caught in the middle of some weird scenario legally or some crazy thing. Right. Yeah. So we're, you know, we have a pretty filled schedule, a lot of usual suspects, tr- you know, a couple heartbreakers that we didn't get um, that hopefully we'll get at some point. But uh, I saw on the schedule we have Yellow Man. Yeah, nice. he's in October. He's, so. he's coming back, you know. Um, what are some good summer dates throw out there for the people? There's a few we're working on that might come through, but I don't want to jinx them by talking about them now. So, but people, people are excited about Steve Earl coming with his band, the Dukes. Steve Earl, I've seen him before at Talk House. He's incredible. My dad loves Steve Earl. He's coming with his band, and then they're so good. You got uh, Dawes. People like them. Um, Yeah. You know, Modest Yahoo. um, Yeah, I saw that one, huh? Modest Yahoo. He hasn't hasn't been around a little bit, huh? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in September, we got a few. Wait, 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 wait. I also saw Billy Bob Thornton. Yep. And his band. <laughs> He's actually pretty good. He He's played a couple really years. good. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like surprised. Like, I'm it's just, just like, the name. I'm like, oh, they, okay. Who, whose idea was that? Oh, he played, he played in, uh, 2018. Was he a Peter, um, Peter or Max choice? I think that sometimes, so there's a Peter choice, there's a Max choice, there's a Nick choice, there's a Matt Dow choice that comes, you know, people throw wow, different, Matt Dow. people I throw ideas that. different ways, um, but then there's agents, you know, like, um, you know, like the band Chawa, I didn't find them. That's the agent saying, hey, you guys should book them. So sometimes it comes, but you still have to do your research, like agents throw them all the time. And it's like sometimes they, sometimes it's because they can't find them a date. Sometimes it's because it's a filler because we're tough. We kind of have to build off other, you know, they get a, a, you know, the Newport Folk Fest, the big show in the city. They, we, we're kind of, they need to find an anchor date to really make sense financially to come out to us because, you know. Right. You have to book other shows room. in New York yeah. or on Long Island or on, you know, you have to book something in the area if you want to come out here and play a show because or else unless you guys are just the band's just on vacation together in the Hamptons. But right. Yeah. We're like know. a small we're a pretty small room to do what we do. Um, But yeah, I'm actually but that's pre- my favorite part about you guys. Yeah, I mean, like if you there's not a room I've been to, I don't know, 20 to I can't even count how many different concert venues I've been to and. 
I mean, it's personal too, but like I've never felt the intimacy of like seeing someone you actually like there. Never. You know? Like never, when I saw never. Gary I've never Clark, felt any intimacy like yeah. that. When I saw Gary Clark Jr. there, it was like I was like I wasn't it was so out of this world. Um just like I just didn't feel like it was so intimate, he just you know, kinda They're staring right at you fifteen feet away. Yeah. And there's there's maybe a hundred and fifty people around you. Like yeah. there's not it. And it's you have a good intimate, view. You have a good view almost it's the best you view. Are. It's the best view. It's the most intimate concert experience you could possibly have with a well-known artist is at the Stephen Talk House. And I'll say that time and time again, hands down. And I will say this, and I don't mean to say this as a negative thing. The my One of my favorite shows that I ever saw there, there was only like 20 people in the stands and, and I, or in the, in the crowd. Yeah. And it was Fortunate Youth. Okay. And I don't know when. It, it was a couple years ago. Yeah. But it was, you know, at the time I was living in California, in Santa Barbara, and those guys were like selling out like big shows, like the huge artists. Like I would see them with like Revolution and like all these big, you know, 311 and all these, you know, big reggae acts. And then I go see them at the Stephen Talkhouse. I'm so fucking amped because I'm like fortunate youth is playing at the Stephen Talkhouse. I can see them there. This is amazing. I'm like visiting from California. Tickets affordable i'm like this is amazing uh, this is great show up there's like 20 people there yeah. and it was insane because they played a show like they would have played in front of a thousand people ten thousand people they yeah. put on the same show they, the energy didn't lack the singer doesn't wear shoes he has yeah. his mic all flipped up to the top singing all you know and it's just and that was the coolest thing they had some guy doing like art and drawing on the side it was like the coolest fucking thing i'd ever been to at talk house and it was like there was, there was, it was crazy. But then, but then an hour and a half later, there was 300 people in there for yeah. a cover band. Yeah. No, I mean, so it's it was crazy. like that to me was like that. And like you said, it's hitter. Like well, it's weird. The, Sometimes they have a draw somewhere and then you bring them locally and they don't have the same draw. Yeah. But that dude, that was a prime example of maybe it was a mistake from on your guys end, I guess, but not really. Cause I yeah. had the, one of the best times of my life and I will remember that story forever. So yeah. you're also all at the same time, not getting 300 people you're also giving 15 or 20 people like the best time of their life. Yeah. And that's kind of the, so that's kind the, of the trade off. Yeah. And it's, that's the unique part about the talk house is it has, I don't know any music venues that are also great bars, you know, like there's never the best thing about the talk talk house is it's like, you can see a national act leave and then there's a line down the block for people wanting to party. Like there's no, I've never been to a place that has those two never dynamics never. in the same room. Not, um, there's not one place. So that's what I think is special. That's what kind of makes it and makes it, you know, right for all these, you know, you know, cause I, I told you a couple stories. There's a lot more that I guess are podcast friendly. They're not definitely not PG. Um, and there's some that have to stay at the talk house for sure. Um, but it just, it's uh it's just a watering hole that, you know, you never know who, uh, is going to walk in those doors. You're never going to, you never, you never know. You could have Matt Martin from the Islanders. You could have, you know, Andy Dick. You could have, uh, you know, your regulars. You could have. Jimmy Fallon jumped up last week and sang Sweet Caroline, you know. Jimmy Fallon was literally on stage last weekend singing Sweet Caroline. Okay, so future presence now. Obviously, Talk House being this presence that it is. You're back. The summer's roaring. You guys are pumping it out. People are rocking every night. EJ painted the back uh, walk-in box as a Mario box. (laughs) It's incredible. Shit's going down right now. Dan Tucker's not selling hot dogs. I'm a little upset about that. Yeah, Key West kept him. So. Key West he'll kept be, him. He'll be up for the birthday party August 1st. August 1st, the birthday party. The uh, birthday party, yep. He'll be up here. But 34. I mean, 34 of we uh, of my family having it, but you know, it's been the talk house for, I think, 51 summers now. That is uh, a long didn't time. Didn't have music before, maybe like once in a while. EJ but. said that people used to come up to him and say they had the best steak and lobster they ever had. Like we had good ribs in the nineties. Good ribs in the nineties. People actually came for the ribs, believe came it or not. For the ribs in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I the talk house, uh, legendary establishment. Um, but to talk about it in terms of the future. So the direction, obviously, you're bringing in some new artists, some new flair, mixing with the old flair that has already been like the cornerstone of the establishment. You got the the beverage coming out, you got the beverage line separated from the talk house, but still its own integrated beverage. You have, you know, big acts um, that that now you're, you know, you did those, um, uh, the concert series 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have that going on. I feel like, what does the future hold for TalkHouse? And where where do you see this thing? Because obviously, Peter, the uh, we didn't actually really even dive yeah. into Peter. but He deserved a lot more time. He, he deserved <laughs> a lot more time, but the, I'm going to get him on this podcast at, yeah. some, at some form or fashion. Probably September. Yeah, but once he is, is able to do this, I will be happy to have him on. But Peter is Max's father, who is, you know, a, a legend yeah, as he's well. Got, he's got the good stories. He's got the good stories and, and a lot of information as well. But but to say it, you know, in the future and bringing it together, obviously there's going to be a legacy moment, you know, where Max is now in, in the talk house realm curating and, and helping move the new direction to because um, obviously everything has to progress eventually, you know, um, yeah. without, you know, losing tradition, which is very important for the talk house. So, you know, blending those two together, obviously very difficult. And, and it's cool that you're navigating through it and, and bringing in great new artists. Um, but where do you see the future really digging into for talk house? Yeah. And I did, did another point came across before I answer that. It's just like there's also a specialness of having the same acts come back year and year. They almost you know, become family in that sense too. It's not just, you know, the staff's, you know, people have been there over 30 years, um, over and a lot have been over 20, you know, most it's, it's very rare that people leave. Um, uh, so it's, you know, it's been more or less, and that's what also makes the place special. You walk in, it's like feels, even though everything's changing around, it's kind of a time warp, you know, even though, you know, Still looks the same, same pictures on the wall, same people there. So there's like a kind of comforting element of that. But, you know, it's kind of keeping the core there. You know, there's not many, you know, if we sold the place tomorrow, they might rip it out, make it like a, you know, a nightclub, a more traditional nightclub, still do the music, whatever. And I don't know, maybe people would still go um, because there's not much else going out. I think we definitely capitalize on that um, as well. But, you know, it's, you don't know what would happen in that case. So, but I think, you know, I kind of equate it in a sense, like someone's always got to take care of special. It's almost like a landmark at this point. So you want to, you want to protect, you want to, I mean, yeah, it is a landmark, but you want, you want to protect, but it's still like, it's still a place that it's still going, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I, like it's the, not in danger. Well, it's it's like, still rocking and rolling. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, the Montauk lighthouse, for example, like that was functional and protected boats. And now it's more honoring the past and it's not really, uh, doing that same purpose where a landmark would still have the, <laughs> right. The you guys still have the, the, the guts of the landmark. You yeah. guys are still rocking not, and rolling. Not, not, it not a knock that. on that, you know, that's a, maybe one day we won't be either, but, um, Things change, obviously, but doing that, but also keeping it, it fresh and digital? exciting. Digital? I don't. I mean, I did talk guys? to some. I've been talking to a few people about you know because obviously you can only fit X amount of people in there, and during COVID, people did a lot of streaming, so maybe you're able to sell extra tickets and have a video element of it. Um, so people, okay, I want really wanted to see that show. I can, but I'm in. You know, I'm on vacation or in wherever but you know you could buy tickets to that and still get that experience maybe you know you're not going to do it for every show but maybe you do it for right, the, the, the highlighted shows right yeah. so there's that element but i don't know I, I don't think of that sense more i mean the so the the um seltzer does is the exciting part because that can go you know pretty much anywhere it could be just a safe fun thing we did to you know being the Red Bull, what Red Bull is to extreme sports, this is to music. It has that. It has that potential. Does it get there? I'm not saying it does, but that's the dream. Um, but for the so your dream is that like some famous musician is going to grab a can of that before he goes out on stage. And yeah, I mean, event, yeah, in front you of know, eventually the run. you know the talk house name could be interchangeable, and you could do a limited run of a musician so and so presents encore. It has that um, you know template to go that direction. For local artists, for big artists, it just has a strong connection to music. So that's like kind of the fun, exciting X factor. That but, is the new X factor of. But for for the Stephen Talkhouse, I guess the future is trying to not only be the place that's a fun bar to go to that has its crazy weekends, has its more chill nights, has music every night has a, f you know, familiar faces, um, that work there, go there, play there. Um, but also just finding a way for, you know, 
finding the, you know, experiencing, you know, acts that, you know, I think people that went to that Black Puma show in a few years are going to feel they were, spe- you know, that was special. You know, they got to see them there before they got big. So trying to. That's always the show you brag about to your friends. In the past two years, yeah. There's a couple well, others. I no, no, about. no. I mean, literally in any scenario, generally, that's always the story in any circle of friends is like, oh, yeah. I got oh, I saw this before band before they were big, yeah. you know, and I saw them at this place, at yeah. X place. Yeah, so. And they always know what X place is, whether they're like, I saw them at Stubbs in Texas or I saw them at, you know, somewhere amazing. Like I saw yeah. them at this great venue. You know, that's what happens. Right. So I think that is, which involves a lot of research. I'm a, you know, my plan was to go to all these music festivals and everything. The world shut down. Um, I'm just curious which ones are kind of making it out of it, um, which new ones that wouldn't have come out of, you know, would, weren't doing anything that kind of, tried something and now are coming out of it now that things are opening up. So it's going to be exciting um, to go to these bars and music festivals, find the next acts, bring them here. And, you know, I think hopefully if things stay the way they are, we'll have a little flexibility to take some chances. So, okay, no one came to that one. You know, it was still great. Let's move on and keep on trying and hopefully develop a thing, be like, oh, if the talk house, if you don't recognize the act and they say go to it, go to it. Right. And, and that's think, what should be the brand name. The household yeah. name is is when we say come to a show, yeah. this is the act. I would say every act that plays at the talk house is a act that you need to go see. Like you guys don't book people who, you know, you wouldn't want to go in and listen to. I don't care what genre of music you like, whether it's like jazz or, you know, metal or rock or hip hop or rap or what, whatever your genre is that you are into there's probably an act that you can go see at the Stephen talk house at any time at any moment that will be for you. Cause they, they book quality. Right. And, and I've known that just from being a patron for a long time, but you know, back to the, to the, the root of it is, is, you know, the, the future of what you guys are doing is, uh, you know, kind of keeping on the legacy of, of keeping three decades of music alive that bands have been coming out. I mean, you know, it, but it's crazy. Artists, artists perish. You know, sadly, you know, bands break up, people move on, you know, it's hard to kind of always navigate in a space that is forever shifting and changing too every year. So the testament to you guys keeping the same acts throughout the years is pretty impressive, if anything, because it's shown resilience that they always want to come back here and play because they love the venue. The crowd loves the venue. People love the, like it's, it's all relative and that's why they come back. Right. So the old and the new is important to, to shift together, you know. And the curation, obviously, moving forward, you know, you want to bring on the, the, the newer funky acts. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, as I said, there's nothing better. Um, you know, I've, you know, I write a lot, um, you know, I probably don't, not going to get into it now, but I've, you know, wrote a script about uh, the talk house of our pilot um, idea, which I'm, you know, still working on. Um, but I write a lot of like sci-fi short stories and in one of the stories, there's an, a part where, you know, it's kind of dystopian and, uh, there's a scene where it's like a talk house, but it's like end of the world and there's only a few people left and, you know, it's like the chili peppers are playing at the, at the talk house, uh, equivalent or pick your favorite band. It could be anyone. And it's empty or there's like three people at the show. And it's like, you know, um, if you think about it, like pick your favorite band. And if they played, if they're the only band around and they played 365 days a year, how many shows are you going to like your fit for, you know, for 20 bucks for free, whatever, how many would you make of your favorite band? Like there is an element where it does get, um, you know, you want to have, see them, you know, you want to see them more spaced out. You want yeah. to have the variety. Yeah. You want to have right, and there's a there's a there's a good point to that, and I'm glad you mentioned that. That's why I'm excited to see the direction you know that the newer bands you bring in and the new flavor. You know, I'm excited to go to these shows because as a, a musician and a listener and a person that likes you know great new music, that's that there's you know it's bar none. You're at the you're at the right place. Yeah, you know. So I think Stephen Talkhouse is uh, the destination this summer, but. Max, man, uh, you know, this has been great. And, and I feel like we've, we've talked about a lot and, and talked through. Do you feel like there's anything we missed? Uh, there probably is a ton. Um, <laughs> you know, you there's on. so much. Uh, so, well, 
you know, like we said in the, in the middle of the podcast, you know, it's like people come for the early show and they don't realize that two hours later it's this madhouse. And I think that attests to the, uh, the beverage, you know, you come for the encore. Yeah. And that's where the idea came from. Like this is, you know, it kind of fit perfectly. Me and my sister were just driving somewhere and we're going, she was saying a bunch of, I'll make fun of her bitch. She was saying a bunch of like music terms that kind of made sense, but kind of didn't. And then I just threw that one out there and not kind of not really knowing. And she's just like, that's it. And you know, that's, you know, it's it. That's it. And it just makes sense. You know, the, the slogan is uh play forever. I've had that tattooed on my ribs for, uh, I think I got it in 2012. So nine years now. And just kind of the motto of the talk house, like, you know, enjoy life. Um, and it fits with encore, you know, you just keep going, just try and, um, you know, take the talk house experience home with you the next day, you know, be able to recapture that. Um, you feel like you're drinking a vodka soda at the beach at the talk yeah, house. Yeah. Just get, you get that feeling, oh. you know, all these other stuff you drink, it's a can with some colors on it. I love it. You know, this is actually has, you know, you know, an identity. And I, and that, and that's what the talk house has is an identity. And I guess we'll leave it there. Max Honor Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, anytime. Appreciate you.